Welcome to Talos Takes, the security podcast for everyone from the C-suite to the front lines. All right. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Talos Takes. I am joined today by my newest teammate, Thorsten, who is joining the strategic communications team. Thanks for coming on, Thor. Morning, John. Thanks for having me. Yeah, um, of course. So uh, just real quick, can you kind of introduce yourself to folks who haven't had a chance to meet you yet and give me an idea of what, you know, what you're going to be doing for us? Sure thing. Um, my name is Thor, as you mentioned. Um, I'm living in Germany and covering the EMER geography uh, from the comms and strategic planning perspective. I'm a 25-year Cisco employee, if that matters. So the the topic of this episode came about several weeks ago when I wrote a newsletter, which I'll link to in the show notes, about how Twitter was phasing out SMS-based multi-factor authentication. And I kind of felt like at the time that it's going to be hard to convince people to switch to app-based MFA if they didn't want to pay for Twitter Blue, and, and which is, you know, a whole other can of worms. You know, you and I were just kind of talking about it offline. And I wanted to ask you about your personal experience with MFA and any conversations that you've heard about it recently. You know, I think the general consensus is that SMS authentication is not as inherently secure as using an app. But do you think that like app-based MFA is even that widely adopted for it to be, especially for a platform like Twitter that has literally millions of users? Ooh, yes, no, maybe. <laughs> There's actually a couple of points or questions we need to touch up on, right? Yeah, yeah. So, I, I know. I didn't make it super easy there for you. Oh, we are going to stay long here today, I believe. <laughs> so the, the, the Twitter and the SMS story, um, if I understood that correctly, it was just that Twitter saw a lot of abuse with, with the classic SMS systems and therefore restricted it to the blue subscribers. How some local news here, at least, made a story out of it like um, SMS is better because you have to pay for it, uh, slips me entirely. No idea. Generally speaking, text to FA, SMS-based to FA, is not secure, period. Don't use it if you don't have to use it. And that goes to the next question. Is app-based MFA more secure, widely adopted, whatsoever? And the answer, unfortunately, is it depends. So the biggest challenge with that is you need both sides to agree to do it, the server and the application side, as well as a user. It's, it's not a decision by one party here. If you are an enterprise, it is kind of simple to enforce it. If you are a consumer to any service, you have to ask your provider to, to do it with you, right? Consumer, big ones, Facebook, Google, Microsoft, they all support it. Um, no challenge, no doubt. GitHub, if I, if I read the news, if you are from the dev side and, and you publish code and stuff like that, um, they will start to enforce the, the usage of MFA shortly in stages. I'm not sure they go down the entire path of we only allow OTPs or keys or what have you, but at the minimum um, in, in the latest messages I've seen was that they urge the users to avoid SMS. 2FA, right? Now, not everything is cloud, so you have on-prem apps too, especially if you are an enterprise customer. Modern apps like Nextcloud, just as an example, they support it too. Um, you just have to enable it. However, web apps, it's easy for them to support it. But during COVID and the return to office phase, what I see commonly being used for remote work is Microsoft RDP, remote desktop. And that does not support that MFA stuff natively. So 
One has to do an implementation of some other bells and whistles around that to have MFA and RDP working together, which, by the way, our duo solution does offer. And they only not only offer it for Azure, but also for classic Active Directory type of deployments. So there is a way to solve that, but it's not as easy as, as it would be with, with a simple web app. And I feel like another struggle with MFA is that there are so many different competing options out there now. You know, just a personal anecdote, you know, I on my personal cell phone, I have Duo, I have Google Authenticator, Microsoft Authenticator, for all sorts of different things, like some freelance work that I do, and and then obviously the work that we do at Cisco. And I feel like it's kind of crazy to keep up with all three different apps. Do you kind of feel like, you, are you kind of finding that to be the same thing? Welcome to the club, John. Welcome. Um, <laughs> MFA is not MFA, right? I mean, it, it, it is a big headline with, with a dozen different options underneath. So talking about the big fishes I mentioned earlier, the Googles and Microsoft and so on and so forth, your your Amazon account, for example, they, they should all support TOTP, time-based one-time passwords. That is a standard based on RFC, and that, to the best of my knowledge, is supported across all those apps, whether it be the Microsoft Authenticator, the Google Authenticator, or our Duo application. So in theory, you could move all of them into a single app, avoiding the hazards of having different applications. I'm not saying that's the best or most secure thing you could possibly do, but it shall be possible. On the other hand, if if, it is, if, if you are leaving the, the consumer perspective and more look towards the enterprise environments, you must double check it with your IT first. Many of them do not only rely on T or HOTP, but also implement additional checks like posture, location, certificates, verified push, whatever that might be. And that is beyond the standards definition. So don't just try to move your enterprise accounts to a single application. Personally, I'm facing the same. I have the Duo app for my work-related stuff. And while I'm a bit more paranoid than the average user out there, I have all my personal TOTPs generated by a USB stick, one of those YubiKey things which can be plugged into a PC or being read um, by NFC from your mobile phone, as I don't feel comfortable having all those OTPs calculated in a software container running 24-7. I can sleep better having that um, on, on a separate stick, but it increases friction for the users. However, both parties have to agree on the method which is used inside of MFA. And I, I, I said I'm living in, in Germany, part of Europe. I struggle with that too, because the European Banking Authority released ages ago um, a technical standard on strong customer authentication mechanisms, ages ago. And I remember where all those banking institutes started to um, send you by snail mail some of those indexed OTPs on those special not three sous paper kind of things. Or you had a small device which was reading some flickering barcodes from your computer screen and generating OTP out of that. Some magic going on behind the scenes, but eventually those guys had to adopt to smartphone-based options too, which means they had to um, develop apps for Android, for iPhones, for whatever the people are using. I do not know the reason, but those guys did not go with HOTP, TOTP, or FIDO2, but everyone was its own little application. Long story short on that one, um, I have an app for my checkings account. I have one app for my savings account. I have two apps for the two credit cards I, I, I use regularly. And honestly speaking, it's a mess. So all those applications look different, have different workflows. Some work with biometrics, some don't. I'm just waiting for the day me hitting the wrong button in the wrong application for the wrong time. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? 
Yeah, absolutely. Uh, even though you're you're relatively new to Talos, as you've said, you've been with Cisco for 25 years now. And so you spent a lot of time talking to customers in the field, and that's part of what your role at Talos is now. What are some of the common MFA talking points that you're hearing? I know Cisco alone has put out countless reports about how you know MFA can make any organization more resilient, and we bring it up like in all of the incident response quarterly reports and trends that we put out. Do you think that message is like really getting home to people? Do we need to kind of change up the way that we're approaching consumers and users about MFA? I don't actually think so. We have some super interesting stories to, to share on that one. If you look at the attacker side of the house, when when the adoption of MFA was super low, we saw the attackers just moving on to their next target when hitting MFA-enabled accounts. Nowadays, um, it's not that easy because it, it is highly likely that MFA is being used. Um, so it's not just done by swapping your, your victims. So we see the bad guys starting to change <clears throat> their tactics, techniques, and procedures too. So a challenge arising with that is the MFA fatigue. Um, it was discussed quite often. I think we, we have several posts on our blog about that one. That is something we have to, to, to fix going forward. And I see new mechanisms being used to make it easier for the users. Yeah. So one of the things that you also had mentioned to me is FIDO2. I believe FIDO is how you're pronouncing it correctly. I've only ever seen it written out. Uh, but essentially, this is like different technologies that are pushing people toward a passwordless future, relying less on passwords in general, which basically pushing people to use different types of credentialing, like biometrics, pins, that kind of stuff. You know, why do you think that these types of methods aren't being deployed more broadly? Or do you feel like they are and we're just not talking about it as much? I, I would wish they would be deployed way more often. You, you can look at it from, from both sides. So from, from the engineering perspective, it is super interesting to, to work with FIDO2. Um, as you mentioned, um, it can work with Face ID, Windows Hello, Touch ID, and, and what have you. And that allows you to go into a, something we call phishing-resistant MFA. Nobody is able to, to take that little pin code um, and insert it in, in a different connection. So it removes friction for the user. Um, it is more secure, but there is a challenge because FIDO2, from, from the design perspective, has a one-to-one -one relationship for the credentials. So you lose your token or your, your source generator, you lose your access. Now, if it is just you, um, you, you might find a way around that and you, you might buy yourself a second key and, and, and have that stored securely uh, in your basement. But, but how do you handle that with thousands of users? Challenging, right? And that's why the adoption is not where I personally would like it to be. So is there anything else that we missed or anything else in regards to like MFA, uh, passkeys, anything like that, that we didn't cover already that you wanted to chat about? Yeah, I mean, passkeys is, is the next iteration of um, passwordless and stuff like that. The idea is to have multi-device credentials for, for an increased, should I say, convenience factor, but more like a manageability factor, if, if you think mm -hmm. about those thousand devices. In an Apple world, they could even be airdropped from your iPhone to your MacBook. In Google world, it could be synced via the password manager. Again, I might be a bit more paranoid than the average user, but I don't like personally that convenience factor. I do not want to see my keys being traveled over airdrop type of connections. And also, as far as I pay attention to the developments of, of the Alliance, they are still working on, on stuff like attestation for device-bound public keys and so on and so forth. So there is some development to be made, but I see a, a good future 
for those type of methods. They are more secure and they remove friction for the users. All right, awesome. Well, thanks so much for coming on today, Thor. It was excellent to get a chance to talk to you. And I'm sure that we'll have plenty to talk about in the future here as you uh, get started. Thank you, John, for having me again. Um, appreciate to be here and you rock the show. Thank you.